Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 79 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 131 of WrestleTopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we are three weeks away from the first ever heatwave edition of NXT 2.0, which will feature two championship matches, including Mandy Rose defending her NXT Women's Championship against the returning Zuri Stark, who won the Women's Battle Royale last week, and on tap is Braun Breaker versus JD McDonough for the NXT Championship. But let's kick things off with Zoe Stark in the ring cutting a promo about her comeback. And she was very happy to be back. The fans said, Welcome back. And they missed Zoe and she missed them. And she talked about the injury she suffered at last year's Halloween Havoc when she suffered a gnarly knee injury that completely tore the ACL and MCL off the bone. And the doctors told her, You know what? You might be out for well over a year. But she beat the deadline by four months made it back last week just in time for the 20 woman battle royale to determine Mandy Rose's next opponent for the NXT Women's Championship she beat the field and now she's got that top spot for Mandy's championship and she thanks the fans for being there for her she wondered if they would remember her and they did and they said welcome back and you deserve it and she was very thankful because this injury was not only a physical game but a mental one as well as this injury could really play with your mind in a lot of ways you go through some highs and lows but the thrill of of coming back and winning a championship makes it worth it in the end. And on top of that, the people that took her out are still on top in the form of toxic attraction. She wants them all. She wants to knock them down one by one until she gets to Mandy Rose to beat her for that NXT Women's Championship. Then we see Cora Jade appear on the balcony above the crowd. And she says, nobody cares about your sob story, Zoe Stark. We were already bored with your comeback. And besides, you stole my moment last week. That was supposed to be me against Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship, not you. And Zoe said, I tossed your scrawny little ass over the top rope last week, fair and square. So I got the shot next, which leads to Mandy Rose, Jesse Jane, Gigi Dolan, Toxic Attraction coming out to talk shit. And Mandy notes, in just a few short days, I will be the fourth longest reigning NXT Women's Champion in history. Topping Charlotte Flair, Paige, and Rhea Ripley. So put some respect on my name. And Zoe, you have no shot to beat me. Just like all the rest of those losers that fell at my feet, so will you as I will maintain my reign as NXT Women's Champion. And Zoe Starks wants her shot right then and there, but Gigi Dolan intervenes and says, no, 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 no. You get to face me tonight if you want to get to Mandy. And that match is set for later in the show to wrap up. The opening segment, I thought this was a fine way to start the show. I like Zoe Starks' promo. It wasn't perfect, but she spoke from the heart and I can't judge her for that she wasn't known as being the most dynamic talker but that does come with more experience than Mike to really find your voice in due time and I just want to go to the marked improvement of Jesse Jane in recent weeks I think that she has found her voice as a character because if you remember a few weeks ago I called her out for that lollipop guild promo that I absolutely despise quoting a movie that is over 80 fucking years old and I love 
the Wizard of Oz next to life. But girl, get some new references. But she's come through by being herself and not relying on cliches and recycled lines from old Hollywood movies. And that is growth. I think the whole group recently has locked in mocking the interview techniques of Mackenzie Mitchell backstage, just finding a groove as a trio. And that's what you need to do if you're going to make it back to the main roster, specifically for Mandy Rose in particular. You got to get the act together as a unit. And with the old man gone and retired, maybe we can de-emphasize some of the sexualization of this group and they can get over by being the mean girls with an edge that can be sexy, but not overt with it with all the camera angles and shooting up from the legs up and bullshit like that that catered to the male gaze ever since we rebooted NXT last September. So I want this to be the toxic attraction of the future. Bitchy, stylish badasses that should be the blueprint moving forward next up is wesley versus grayson waller and this match was fine a lot of counter wrestling early on a lot of reversals and high spots from both men as both men are highly athletic but wesley is on a completely different level as he wiped out grayson waller with a tope on the outside after we come back from picture in picture when grayson was working over wesley throughout the commercial break but then as wesley goes up top he is tripped up by Grayson Waller and Wesley is sent spiraling on the floor and as he gets back up to beat the 10 count somebody appears in the crowd and they lay him out with a shot to the back while wearing boxing gloves and this is clearly Trick Williams in the crowd despite the disguise and Wesley goes out and Grayson Waller encourages the referee to do the 10 count the referee gets to nine Wesley gets back in the rank and he is immediately hit with that rolling stone through the ropes courtesy of Grayson Waller for the very tainted victory after the match is over, Trick Williams gets in the ring to taunt Wesley some more, as I'm assuming this will lead to Wesley versus Carmelo Hayes for the NXT North America Championship at NXT Heat Wave in a few weeks' time. And that could be an absolutely stellar match. Here's hoping it happens in a few weeks' time. Next up is Apollo Crews versus Zion Quinn. And Apollo Crews rocked Quinn with a missile drop kick from the jump. He was working over this guy with power moves and just showing off his flashy offense until a crushing forearm to the back of the neck by Zion Quinn slows down the pace a bit. It does get a little bit slow and lumbering on Quinn's side. Eventually, Apollo Crews fights back and he lands a top rope crossbody that is very rough upon landing. But he recovers and lands a backstabber on Zion Quinn, followed by a choke slam for the win a short time later. And this match was okay. Cruz is a seasoned vet and Zion Quinn is still very green in the ring. He has a great look. He's a great looking guy, but this is a new day. This is the Triple H administration across all brands, NXT included, and you have to be able to work decently enough in the ring to get over as a star. The criteria is going to be different now that your size and your look is not going to be enough. It might get you in the door, but you got to show up. And we'll see where his evaluation goes soon. But eating losses like this on TV is a telltale sign that your days on this show might be numbered. And you might have the look and you might have what they want physically, but the ring work's got to match at some point. And I hope he has that aha moment to say, I know what I have to do. And I would prefer for him to learn off television, to get reps on the road, to continue to perfect his craft at the PC without the pressure of being rushed to TV under the prior creative administration. Hopefully Triple H can say, listen, we see potential in you, but you still got work to do preferably off camera. And if he grows in six to 12 weeks, maybe you can reboot him on TV and see where he is. 
Because the one thing I want to see change on this show is less green talent who are not ready for prime time. I saw a case of that later in the show, which I'll get to momentarily. But I want this show to be people almost ready for the main roster on the cusp of greatness and leave everyone else who are starting from the ground up to get their reps on NXT level up on Peacock on the road and at the PC working five days a week to perfect their craft in the ring. NXT 2.0 should no longer be the place where you get to learn how to work by trial and error because you can rehearse a match every day for two weeks to get ready for a live show. Those training wheels will not be available to you on the main roster. You must learn how to work on the fly and adjust when things go wrong. That's what needs to change philosophy wise. You have to know how to work between the notes and not go by what you are taught move for move. Yes, it's nice at first, but eventually your instincts have to kick in. And that is my one hope for this show, that this should be the finishing school for the main roster. This is not trial by fire in NXT anymore. And hopefully we lean away from that in the weeks to come as we usher in one year of 2.0 in a couple of months time. Next up is Gigi Dolan versus Zoe Stark. This match is fine for the time that was given. Gigi puts Zoe Stark in a bow and arrow and she goes after the surgically repaired left knee of Zoe Stark. Zoe does fight back and she lands a super kick on Gigi Dolan followed by a modified GTS for the win. Nice sell job by Gigi fell over like a tree when she got nailed with that knee to the face. After the match is over, Jesse Jane tries to attack Zoe Stark from behind but she gets wiped out with the super kick as well. Mandy Rose tries to attack Zoe with an NXT Women's Championship belt shot to the back but Zoe runs her off but she's attacked from behind by Corey Jade who goes off on her with a kendo stick but thankfully Roxanne Perez makes a save to a big pop from the crowd as Corey Jade runs away from the scene and this will lead to a match between Roxanne and Corey Jade very very soon meanwhile we have a backstage segment with Roxanne later in the show and she notes that Corey J twisted her intentions of being a double champion last week and she was disgusted by Corey's actions by throwing the NXT women's tag team title belt in the trash but she wants to restore honor to these titles by giving them to a true tag team that wants to be champion that deserves to be champion and out of nowhere comes Alundra Blaze aka Medusa who who grabs the tossed women's tag team title belt out of the trash can and rocks and hands her her belt. And she says, you know, next week we're going to have a fatal four-way match to crown new women's tag team champions. Cause I know what it's like to throw a belt in the trash can. And that title is put on ice for a number of years. That will not happen here. So we have four teams who are worthy of being champion and we will crown new champs next Tuesday. That will kick off the show featuring the team of Katana Chance and Caden Carter, Lisa Leone and Valentina Feroz, Toxic Attracts and Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan, and the new team of Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. And the match should be good if given time. I like the potential of all four teams. Anybody but Toxic Attraction, please. I would love for Katana Chance and Caden Carter to score the win. They are the most complete tag team. They work well together. They're legit friends, and I would love for them to finally win their first major championship on NXT. It is long, long overdue. And above everything else, 
I want these titles to be treated with the utmost respect. I saw some of my Twitter peeps saying, well, listen, for all of you that complain about the titles, they brought back Alundra Blaze and it explains everything. No, the booking of these titles have sucked since the conclusion of the Dusty Cup a few months ago. When Io Shirai and Kayla Ray said, nope, we don't want these titles. We want the women's title instead that Mandy Rhodes possesses. That's facts. Then we had a title switch in and deliver with Raquel Rodriguez and Dakota Kai winning. And then they lose three days later on NXT to Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan. Then we go to the Great American Bash. And Dolan and Jane defend the titles against Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. And Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez win. And they're champions for a grand total of a week until Cora Jade turns on her partner the next week. So these titles have been in flux for a while now. And I'm praying that when this is all said and done next Tuesday, we get some stability back in the women's tag team ranks. I want the titles to mean more, the champions to mean more, and the challengers to mean even more than they do right now. And hopefully it's the start of a reset. And maybe that Juju can go to the main roster so we can revive the WWE women's tag team titles. Because there is no tournament, there are no teams. Fix that, WWE. I beg of thee, fix it under the new administration. But I digress. As I move on to J.D. McDonough, cutting a very unique promo by sitting in the crowd to introduce himself to the NXT audience. He calls out a guy eating popcorn, saying that, you know what, you could die by eating popcorn. If that kernel goes down the wrong way in your windpipe, choke out, dead. It happens more often than you think. Death by popcorn. Then... He shouts at the timekeeper, saying, you have a very important job. You ring the bell. But this hammer can smash your hand in so many ways with one flick of the wrist. He shouts at Alicia Taylor. You're a great announcer, a great voice. He comes over to Wade Barrett on commentary, shakes his hand. Oh, your hands are very calloused and worn out from all those days as a bare-knuckle fighter. And if I could, I could just apply a little joint manipulation to break your hand. But I won't because, you know. I like you. And then Vic Joseph, sit down. I don't want to shake your hand. Are you talking about me last week? And he grabs Vic Joseph's collarbone, threatens to break it with his bare hands. He eventually gets in the ring to say, hey, I'm J.D. McDonough, number one contender for the NXT Championship. And since Braun Breaker wanted to talk to me last week, I want to talk to him. So get out here, Breaker. And Breaker comes out and Breaker says, we got a match. In three weeks at NXT Heatwave for the NXT Championship, it'll be official next week via a summit. And I cannot wait to put you on your ass. And JD goes for a headbutt on Breaker. Breaker fights back. He puts JD McDonough on the mat and he's bleeding a bit from the mouth. And he smiles at this to wrap up the segment. So this is very different, very cerebral. Very deliberate, but I liked it. It was kind of cool and menacing that this guy could come around and fuck up everybody at a moment's notice. So this would be a unique matchup between Breaker and JD McDonough for the NXT title in three weeks' time at Heat Wave. Next up is, dare I say, my favorite match from last night involving Giovanni Vinci versus Andre Chase. And Andre Chase is a great character. He has sold me on Chase University. I love Bodie Hayward and Thea Hale. Nathan Fraser's a part of this crew too now, which I adore. But he told us last night, don't let the sweater fool you because I can work. And he and Giovanni Vinci delivered a very good match with grappling from Andre Chase. They gave Giovanni Vinci a run for his money. Great power moves from both men. It was quick. It was rough and tumble. We had a great clothesline spot by Andre Chase at one point. Giovanni Vinci sees Bodie Hayward waving the flag for Chase Seward rings that he grabs the flag from Bodie, breaks it in half. 
That causes Andre Chase to snap and he sends Giovanni Vinci into the ring post as we go to commercial break. We come back and Andre Chase and Giovanni Vinci are going at it. We got stumps in the corner by Andre Chase. He goes for a blockbuster from the top of rope, but Giovanni catches him for a brain buster for a very close near fall. We got great counters, including Chase going for the final exam for a very close near fall. But Vinci recovers and lands a sit-up powerbomb on Chase for the win. I really enjoyed this match. This was by far Andre Chase's finest performance in an NXT ring to date outside of what he did with Saray a few months ago against Tiffany Stratton and Grayson Waller. That was a very fun mixed tag team match that had the crowd going. And this crowd was hot because they loved the work from both men. And Giovanni Vinci is a superstar on every level. And under the Triple H administration, you have a shot to make it because your work in the ring will benefit you long term. His charisma is his wrestling. And after the match is over, Giovanni continues to attack Andre Chase. But Nathan Frazier hops through the barricade, goes after Giovanni Vinci, which was set up Vinci versus Frazier at a date to be determined. That match is going to be great. I cannot wait to see that preferably at Heat Wave because these two guys going at it unleashed with time. It's going to be cuckoo banana good. And I cannot wait if NXT waste that long of course next up is probably my least favorite match of the night it was Ariana Grace versus Indy Hartwell and you know what I love Indy I love her personality she's fun she's vibrant but she's green and Ariana Grace is green as well green a leading green is not a great mix this match was NXT level up fine and it was basic, very rough around the edges. Ariana Grace tries to cheat with her feet on the ropes for the win, but Indy boots her for the victory. No top rope springboard, elbow drop. She stayed grounded this week. Good for her, but this is remedial wrestling at a very basic level. And Indy's been in the system for a while, and I have not seen measurable growth. And I need that to change. The personality is there. She's charismatic as hell, but I just need more from her in the ring. Ariana Grace. Is still very early in the game for her. And I don't think she's ready for TV. And that's why I say level up, coconut circuit, PC training on the side, behind the scenes. That would be my go-to plan moving forward and check back in six to 12 weeks to see the progress. If there's measurable growth, maybe test TV again. Maybe do a dark match for the next premium live event. See where we are, but don't test the waters on TV. It's never a good mix when green is eating green and it's not going to look good at the end of the day. And now it is time for our main event featuring an eight-man tag team match involving the D'Angelo family. Tony D'Angelo stacks alongside Legato's Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde versus Diamond Mines. Creed Brothers, the NXT Tag Team Champions, alongside Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp. This turned into a very good eight-man tag. And I got a single out a couple of folks, including one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions, Julius Creed and Tony D. Tony D'Angelo. I really liked what they did together. They're both amateur wrestlers, and they played into that with nice grappling, suplexes. We had a suplex counter into an ankle lock by Julius to Tony D at one point. I love the bridge out of the German suplex by both men as well. I love their work together because you see their amateur work on display. Brutus Creed, 
delivers another Brutus Ball to everyone at ringside from the Tony D'Angelo family as we go to commercial break. An early highlight was Julius tossing around Stax with a suplex halfway across the ring with distance. And I think Stax was like, holy shit, this is getting very physical. So he likes him up with some chops and some punches. It got kind of rough and tumble for a bit, but I just loved the physicality of this match. But I hope that Julius and Brutus understand their strength and don't do the absolute most because they are very amped up in the ring and they show that via their offense. It can be very green at times. The technique is there, but they need to control their energy. It has to be controlled frenzy and not all over the place because it can be very frenetic at times. Damon Kemp was the babyface in peril, but he landed a nice spinning suplex to Joaquin Wild for a near fall, but he got jumped by Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild. And he's isolated from the Creed brothers and Roddy Strong for a bit, but he is able to make the corner to Julius Creed. Julius cleans house with suplexes on stacks. D'Angelo, Cruz del Toro, he delivers a superplex with a vertical leap to Joaquin Wild at one point as well. We get a parade of finishes spot involving Brutus wiping out Stacks with a shoulder tackle that sends him out of the ring. We get the high-low spot from Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild on Brutus. Damon Kemp is going to send Joaquin Wild out of the ring, but he's laid out with a missed drop kick by Cruz del Toro. And this leads to tandem offense courtesy of Roderick Strong and Julius Creed as they land double jumping knee strikes and sliding lariats to both Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wild. And Vic Joseph made a very good point on commentary saying it appears that Strong and Julius Creed are trying to one-up each other with their moves. And this comes down to Tony D being held by Julius Creed. And Roddy goes for the jumping knee strike on Tony, but he lands it on Julius instead. Stax throws Strong out of the ring and Tony lands a fisherman net breaker on Julius for the win. And the family stands tall over Diamond Mind. And this is going to lead to more tension between Julius Creed and Roderick Strong. This has been a pissing contest for a while now. And I kind of predicted this a few weeks ago that Julius and Roddy Strong are two alphas who are jockeying for position as the head leader of Diamond Mind. And I predict that Julius and Roddy Strong will have a match at Heat Wave and they will have a 20 minute battle. It'll be great because Roddy is fantastic and Julius is always going to deliver. I think that Julius will become a star that night if given time to truly figure out who he is as a singles performer. I'm not advocating for the Creeds to break up, but this is going to be a standout moment for him because the tension is building it's kind of hot in some ways between these guys that are trying to fight to see who is the better man and they can deliver a clinic if given the chance so I like that energy now of course we need tag teams facing off against the creeds Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde definitely fit the bill as solid contenders for those titles down the road but right now it's got to be about strong and Julius to settle their score to see who is the best at the end of the day. And of course, the next he raps with some parking lot shenanigans involving Alundra Blaze holding the tag team titles and Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan chasing down Alundra Blaze saying, hey, there's no need to have this fatal four-way match next week. Just give those titles to us. And Alundra says, nope, you got to earn them. And she walks away and Jesse has a moment and I love her. I have grown to love Jesse Jane, the character. I have already enjoyed her work as a wrestler, but now the character work is coming together nicely, which makes her stand out in the best possible way. 
And this wraps up a pretty decent NXT 2.0. It was not a great show, but it was solid nonetheless. I thought the second hour was a bit stronger than the first as we begin the hype for Heat Wave going down in a few weeks' time on the USA Network. And I do send some minor adjustments for some people on this show including Wendy Chu who woke up on the wrong side of the bed and she's gonna go after Tiffany Stratton again we might get a more serious Wendy Chu which I would love to see and I love the character but it's limiting very limiting there needs to be some adjustments and tweaks to make her stand out because she is a great wrestler between the ropes and we got the schism on TV talking that blah 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 but it wasn't as obnoxious Joe Gacy is leaning on full-on creepy and to me that is growth I'm not annoyed by the hocus pocus bullshit of it all now. If you're going to be a cult, roll with it, smile creepily, and have my dudes Gibson and Drake now jagger and rip with their eyes two different colors. The eye contact game is strong, and I'm trying to accept this. I will in time, but I do miss my grizzled young veterans, but they will be recognized one way or another via this new bullshit gimmick, but... It is what it is. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 79 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling Ox on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestleTopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows. The drop on this in my daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such WrestleTopia, and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Radio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 74 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day, stay safe out there, and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.